0: The preceding message is brought to you by Kings Word Everywhere Nigeria. Stay tuned after this message for more information about Kings Word Everywhere Nigeria. Praise God forevermore. I just want to say a big thank you to Pastor T in absence and Pastor Hina this morning for this great opportunity to be here in second service as well. And I believe God will bless you tremendously. Somebody believes that, say amen. I ain't just grab a hold of your neighbor. We're just going to pray in agreement for this second half that it will be better than the first half. Hallelujah. I believe the first half was awesome. And I believe it can only get better. Amen. The part of the just only gets better. Somebody say, that's my life. Somebody turn to your neighbor and say, that's how my life is. It only gets better. Hallelujah. Father, we just thank you for this meeting. We thank you for the word. Lord, we release our faith that the word of God will come with power. It will flow freely. It will not be hindered. It will not be limited in the name of Jesus. We ask that there will be deliverances, breakthroughs, that by reason of the anointing, burdens will be removed and yokes will be destroyed. Let there be such a reign of the spirit on this meeting right now that everyone need, everyone's need will be met in the name of Jesus. Father, for this, we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Shandala bakasa. You know, on the way here this morning, in the car, I kind of said, you should help me play some music, and they said, what song should we play? And I thought about it for a moment, and this song just, you know, popped in my head, and I said, well, let's play this song, you know. Oh, the... Uh, you are in the spirit. Reckless love of God. Oh, it chases me down, fights till I'm found Leaves the 99 And I couldn't earn it And I don't deserve it Still you give yourself away Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending Reckless love of God How many of you believe that? How many of you believe that God will really come after you? God will really come looking for you? That God will really knock things down, light things up, make a way where there seems to be no way just to get to you? Hallelujah. You know, Romans 5 tells us that God has demonstrated. God has finished. God has finished showing his love to us in that he gave us Jesus. Hallelujah. To die for us. God isn't starting God isn't halfway. God has finished. Somebody say God has finished. God has finished. God gave us his greatest gift right at the beginning to demonstrate to us how much he loves us. And there isn't anything. You know, as a young lad in high school, I went through a, a troublesome time passing my subjects because I ended up in science class and I shouldn't have been in science class. You know, I don't know if there's anybody like that here this morning. I should have been in a arts or commercial class. I'm there now, hallelujah, but it took me a while to figure out that that was not my calling, science. You know, but I was in science class, and they had to help me to SS2, and they had to help me to SS3. And I remember about two weeks before my WAEC exams, I was thinking only if I could change from science class, but it was a bit too late by that time, you know, so my WAEC was a bit troublesome. But, you know, I got to university, and to get to university, I'd done three JAM exams. We still do JAM, am I right? Now it's online, is it? Oh, something like that. Amen. The Lord is helping us. Amen. So I'd done three jam exams to get into into university. I had to put like two different school certificate exams. I think I put together my YEC, my SSC with my GCSE to get into uni. You see, but when I got into uni, I said to myself, nobody knows my story. God can rewrite my story from today. Nobody knows how many jams I did to get to uni unless I tell them. Nobody knows that I did two SSCs and two GCSEs to pack the right number of soldiers together to get into uni. Say, said, but now that I'm here, God can rewrite my story. And you know one scripture that God dropped in my heart that helped me rewrite my story? It was Romans chapter 8 and verse 31, I believe it is, or 32. It says, he that did not withhold his son from us, how shall he not with him freely give us all things? So I changed that all things to all A's. My first semester in university, I had more A's than I had when you put the four WAEC and GCSE exams together. I don't know. You do not know the maths. How many courses, subjects do you do in WAEC? Eight, nine, right? What about GCSE? Do they still do GCSE today? How many do you do? Six, seven, eight, nine, as many as you want. So that's four times nine, potentially 36. I got more A's in my first semester in uni than I had in 36 exams that I wrote before then. Because I saw that if he did not withhold his son, if he did not withhold his son, then A's are nothing. A house is nothing. A car is nothing. A bride is nothing. A groom is nothing. A cure from an incredible disease is nothing. Nothing money in your pocket food in your in your wardrobe is nothing compared to Jesus if god gave us jesus there is nothing that he will not give us don't let your empty pocket be what decides whether or not god loves you don't let your empty wardrobe or your empty cupboard at home be what you used to decide whether or not god really loves you whether or not god is looking out for you don't let that be the decision Don't let how long you've been single be what you are using to check the love of God for you. No way. Somebody say no way. No way. way. That's the devil trying to lie to you that God doesn't love you. The fact that you've been in faith about your knees being healed, your hip being healed, that organ being healed, and maybe you haven't yet seen the manifestation does not bring to question the love of God for you because he has given you Jesus already. And how much we understand that love. How much we understand that reckless love that God has for us how much we appreciate that love that God has for us helps us to live the best life you could ever live because you know what you're not afraid of anything you're not afraid of situations and circumstances that don't go according to your plan it never even crosses your mind because you know what I realized from Jeremiah twenty nine eleven 11 about the plans of God for us sometimes we put down plans how many people put down plans for 2020 let me see your hand Please, I pray that everybody puts up their hand. If you've not got any plans for 2020, please do so. You know when you leave service this morning. But you know, you've put plans down for 2020, and then God comes into your life, and God says, "I have got better plans for your life than the ones you put down for yourself." So when we read to Jeremiah 29:11, sometimes we're thinking the plans that God has for us are the things we put down. Sometimes they are far above the things that we put down for ourselves. They are higher than what we could ever imagine higher than what we could ever think of higher than what we could even dare to think of higher than our greatest hopes dreams or imaginations those are the things that god has got planned for us so we say to god this is the minimum that i want to see happen in my life in 2020 we never make the things that we are asking god we never make the things that we desire from god the maximum So even when I tell God what I want my income to be in 2020, I say, I believe I receive a minimum income of, because God can do exceedingly, abundantly, far above, all that I ask or dare to imagine. I never make it the max. It's always the minimum. Somebody says, believe God for a two billion naira contract. Lord, I believe God for a minimum two billion naira contract because I want to allow God to give me a five billion naira contract. Your faith is determining what you're experiencing in your life. Your faith in God is determining what you're experiencing in your life. And how much you believe that God loves you is determining what you're experiencing in your life. And so when we get to that place where we believe his love, we accept his love, we understand his love, it puts us in a better position to love God and to love others. It puts us in a more strategic position to love others. And so, Romans 5 5 tells us hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Spirit. You know, and I'm not going to talk about hope this morning, but hope is one of the most undermined things in the body of Christ today. Well, let's not talk about hope. I mean, Romans 5 5 is so powerful. Hope does not disappoint. Do you know what it means for the Bible to make a statement like that? That hope does not disappoint. It does not. And why doesn't hope disappoint? He said because we have the love of God in our hearts. I know God loves me. So anything that I'm hoping in God, it cannot disappoint me. Anyway, we're not talking about hope this morning. <laughs> but you know what? The love of God has been shed abroad in our heart. As Christians, we're not saying God give me love. No, 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 no. We already have love in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Am I right this morning? Somebody say I have love in my heart by the Holy Spirit. But you know what? Me operating in that love is a choice. It's not dependent on God because God has already poured out his love in my heart by the Holy Spirit. So me loving my neighbor is not dependent on God. It's my choice. Me loving my neighbor is not dependent on God. It is my choice. Me loving people, it's my choice. I do that. It's not dependent on people either. It's not dependent on people. So somebody slaps me. Their slap is not what determines whether or not I love them. Somebody takes all my money and leaves me destitute. That's not what decides whether or not I love them. You're in a relationship and you find out that the guy is a two-timing, no-good-for-nothing chap because he's got another baby in the and he's toasting and he's carrying around while he's carrying you and you're only able to stumble to his third Instagram account and that's how you found out. That's not what decides whether or not you love him. And listen to me, I'm not talking about Eros or Philio. I'm talking about Agape this morning. I'm talking about Agape this morning. Walking in Agape is not easy, but that is our nature. The more we understand how much God loves us, the more our ability to walk in Agape increases. The more we have a revelation of how much God loves us, the more we're able to love other people. And you can see people who have done you the wrongest things in this life, who have treated you the wrongest way, and you can love them the way God loves them. The only way you can do that, the only way you can operate at that level of agape is if you have received the revelation, the knowledge, and the understanding of that level of agape. We can only love people the way God loves them we can only treat people the way God will treat them because we understand how God does us. We look at Hebrews 11, the hall of faith. So many people in the scriptures accomplishing great things in faith. But if you look at their stories, very few of them ever operated in faith just for themselves. They were all operating in faith in things that would impact generations to come. Even when Abraham received his son by faith, even when Sarah by, by faith received strength to conceive, she was giving birth to Isaac, who will be the seed that will lead to the seed that will lead to the nations being blessed in the world. When we look at Moses by faith, distancing himself from Egypt and all the pleasures so that he can be counted as an Israelite, he wasn't just doing it for his sake, he was doing it that Israel would be free. When we say we can't talk about Samson or David and all these other people, their operating in faith was beyond them. They were operating in faith so that they can be a blessing to those who were around them. And some people for generations even yet unborn. Love is not just about you. Experiencing the love of God, operating the love of God is not just about you. It can benefit you to do so. Because the Bible says in Galatians 6 verse 5 that faith walks by love. All right? Or 5, 6, Galatians. Galatians faith walking by love. So that means that when we are operating in the love of God, our faith can flow freely. Love creates an atmosphere for miracles. Listen to me everyone. If you are operating in the love of God, the way God wants you to operate in the love of God, the things that you are expecting to happen in your life, the things that you are hoping for will find it easy to come into your life because you have created an atmosphere for miracles. Love. Somebody say love. If you want to be remembered, you have to do more than just me, my family, and my prophet. You have to do more for God and his kingdom. Your operating in love has to be bigger than just about you. Your operating in love has to be bigger than just what you have on your faith project list. You know, I always tell them in church, at the beginning of the year, have a faith project list. What are those things you are believing God for in 2020. At the beginning of a new decade I said you need to go more than just a year you need to believe God for things in a new decade I said in ten years time your kids could be going to uni do you want them to take a loan to go to uni or do you want to pay cash for their school fees in ten years time your kids might be starting school you might not even be married now but in ten years time come on you might want your kids to go to a private school to get a private education you might want to take them to the UK or the US every summer for holidays Somebody say, Pastor Amy, I'm not even dreaming of that. You know what? You know what is so wonderful in the kingdom of God? You can dream. Then God now tells you that I will do more than what you dare to dream. You can dream. Say, Pastor Amy, I had to borrow money to come to church. It doesn't matter what your current status is. You can hope. You can hope. And you know what? Just write it down. Just write it down. God does not forget, but you might forget, so just write it down. You know, one day I stumbled on one of my old books some years ago while I was in the U.K., and I opened it up and I was looking at some of the things I wrote down from like 2000, 2002, you know, being in the nations, doing this, doing that. And I was laughing. I said, Look at this boy. He even forgot what he wrote down. We are living that life today. We are living that life today. There is no income that I'm receiving today in this life that I have not written down. What you are writing down about your life is determining how far you can go. You know, I said to them in the first service, I'm bivocational. I decided that I wanted to earn a certain amount of money. I said, I've I've been working for some time now. This is the kind of money I want to be earning. So I went for a job interview that God led me to. I interviewed for the job. I told them how much I wanted to earn. And they wrote me back and offered me the job and gave me a salary. I called them back. I said, this is not the salary I asked for. They said, and listen to me, the salary they offered me was way more than what I was earning. So they felt that I should be grateful. But you know what i had set my faith on a figure and nobody's going to tell me back from where my figure is so i said no this is not what i asked for i know what i was earning before and i know what i've asked for if you want me you have to pay what i asked for so the director called me i said i heard you want to be paid this money i said yes she said you know for parity equality blah 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 blah. i can take it up to this money when she said the figure it was more than the figure I asked for she wanted to start explaining. I said, you don't need to explain anything. I'm fine with what you have offered me. I don't know if you get what I'm saying. You see, maybe I should have allowed that to explain. But because she had offered me a, above what I was believing for, I stopped negotiating. Now, if I wanted 5K more, I would have said, no, you need to talk more because you you've not, reached where I'm going. Is somebody listening to me this morning? It's not in my message, so somebody must need that this morning. Whoever you are, just receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Ah, thank you. It's showing now. Praise God. All right? So, in the first service, please go and listen to the first service. If you didn't, we we'll talked about the fact that love is the more excellent way from 1 Corinthians twelve thirty-one. Love is the senior way. Love is the mature way. In fact, walking in love is solid meat. Hebrews five fourteen says, "But solid meat is for the mature, who by constant use have been able to exercise their senses to distinguish good from evil. Walking in love is solid meat." Let me share a story with you. You know, and this is very personal to me. At some point in my life, as a young person, I found out that you know my father was uh, in an adulterous relationship, and one thing led to another, and he had to leave home to stay with this woman. And I grew up in the Lord, you know, faithful in God and everything. And then one day, God told me that I have to love this woman, Shanda Labakasa. I said, "Okay, that is a strange request, Lord. What is this about?" God said, "Ask me a question." He said, "Are you going to wait for her to become born again before you love her?" Ah, I can't answer yes to that question. I asked him a question in the first service because some of you are looking at me funny. Does God love everybody? Uh, Some of you are not convinced. Does God love everybody? Does the sun shine on everyone? Does the rain pour on everyone? Or is he only Christians that receive rain? God said I should love her. I said this is a tough thing to do. God said, this love is unconditional. I should love her with agape love. I shouldn't love her with any other kind of love. I shouldn't wait for her to be saved, even though I pray for her to be saved. I shouldn't wait for her to be saved before I love her. I said, okay, Lord, I will love this lady with the love of the Lord. So sometimes I will have to go to that house to see Dad. I will go there and I will walk in love with everything that I see. I will not condone it. I will not celebrate it. But I will love her because maybe in walking in love with her, God can touch her life and free my dad. <laughs> One day I was praying about my dad being set free from this lady, and God asked me, He said, if he was a member of your church, how would you treat him? I said, I would love him. I'll be praying for him. I will not celebrate the relationship. Because I'm looking at all of you here. You look all Christianese and everything, but maybe you are here with your mistress. Some people are nodding, hmm. Yeah, maybe, you know, maybe pastor knows. The rest of you don't know, but maybe pastor knows that that's not his wife. Or that's not her husband. You get what I'm saying? So God said, he was a member of my church. How would I treat him? I said, I would love him. I would be praying for him, and I will be counseling to get him out of it. He said, that's how you should treat your dad. So I went to, I had, for some reason, I was in Lagos that time. We were having morning devotion at home. You know, normally as a family, we are praying, God, sent. you know, we are sending fire and everything. So I said, I shared with them the revelation the Lord gave me. If he was a member of our church. How are we treating? Because a lot of spiritual people are around the table in my house. And so we switched. In a short time, I was, I was in Obafemi Meola University. Then I was serving, but I came into town, and I called my dad. And my brother picked up the phone about 11 p.m. at night. And I, I said to my brother, what are you doing in daddy's house at this time of the night? He said, no, daddy's in Bagada. Daddy's home. I said, daddy's where? He just busted out laughing. He said, this is the second night he's, he's spending here. I started screaming. You know, I was around, Pastor Dr. Ragbade right the was there, some other people in church were there, I was screaming. My father had slept a one night. You guys did not call me. Do you know how long we've been believing God for him to come back home? One day, Reverend Amor Pai was going to preach in my mom's church, he invited him to come. He came for that service after Reverend Amor Pai preached. How many of you know Reverend Amor Pai? Yeah, a great evangelist of God. He made an altar call. My father went out, got born again, got filled with the Holy Ghost, started speaking in tongues. He read this book about heaven and hell. For some reason, the book really ministered to him. I know he's read many books before that. The book ministered to him. Boom, switched. He used to go to a white garment church. Boom, changed. He came home, left white garment church, left woman, left everything. Said, I don't care what happens to the house, to all those things. This is the life I want to live. He's been home now since 2004. He's going to be 80 on Wednesday. That's why I'm in Lagos. If you see my father and mother today, you know, they've come to London, go on boat cruise, do France, do everything, you would not know that there's something like that in their story. And I tell people, I respect my mom. You know why? Because when my father came back home, I didn't hear any stories of fights, arguments. So you mean you are coming back? Now you now want me to receive you back home. Hey, you, you are finished, you are now come back, Abby. As used material, used goods. You now want me to use cocoumbo. There was no such thing. It was as if she just came back home and they continue where they left. You see, when we talk about operating in the love of God, we are not talking, uh, you know scripture. All of us know scripture. We all know how to quote it. What do you do when the situations and circumstances arise in your life that demand you to walk in love? What do you do? I was watching a movie and I learned something about the love of God that I had not even seen with all the time I spent. Somebody approached a lady and her family. They had just left the husband at home and he asked her, when you pray to God and ask him to give you love, what do you think God does? Does he give you more love or does he give you situations and circumstances for you to demonstrate more love? Does God open a bucket and say, let me give you more love? Let me pour. When you pray in Philippians 1, 9 to 11, that your love may abound more and more, does he open a bucket and start pouring love on you? Or does he bring you, or after you've prayed, does he bring somebody to you that will slap you and say, ah, they've not slapped me before. This is a new one. I have to love this person even though you have slapped me. That's when we will know whether or not your love has increased. Am I preaching to somebody this morning? They took 1,000 from me. You say, ah, I forgive you. God bless you. Keep the 1,000. They took 100,000. Ah! Let me remove my Christian clothes. You will know who I am this morning. Hey, we now know where your love level is because they took 100,000 from you and you can't handle it. Some of you are looking at me like you don't like me this morning. The people in first service like me. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Ah, people in first service like me. This second service, you are not looking like my friends love is the more mature way love is solid meat Jesus said if you love people that love you in return what difference is it he said love your enemies one day I preached a series in church what difference does it make if it is an enemy, a friend or a stranger when you walking in your love is concerned what difference does it make what difference does it make if you understand love, you can give love. Jesus shared the story of a man who was forgiving ten thousand denarii. He begged, and the king said, "You are forgiving this debt." And then he went out. Somebody forgave you ten million naira. Then you went out and you met a friend of yours that owes you ten thousand naira. Then you had to go and lock him in Kirikiri because of what? You see, that person did not really understand the debt. That he was forgiven if he understood it he would not have taken the 10k to, to jail he would not have some of us do not understand what god has forgiven us for that's why we find it difficult to forgive others before you were born you were forgiven you are alive you are forgiven what you are going to do wrong in 2020 you are forgiven then somebody stepped on your toe and spotted the only fine shoe you have and then you will not let us hear what again the person has to die and go to hell because of your shoe No, all the time. It's not always that simple. But there are situations and circumstances that happen to us in this life that demand that we rise up and walk in the love of God. It places a demand on you. That's why I said love is a choice. I have seen couples whose marriage deteriorated up to a point that their level of courtesy between each other in the same house was worse than if they were strangers. The level of kindness between the husband and wife was worse than if they were, if enemies will even behave better than that. And I said, you are believers. Even if I don't like you again as my wife, surely I will treat you as a sister in the Lord. Not in this world, but in the Lord. Amen. Why? Because that is the basic. We are one. Hallelujah. And then the Bible tells us we don't just love the people in the house. We love the people outside as well. Somebody say, I love, I love all men. It's the excellent way. It's the mature way. And we have been born of God. We have love. Love is not something we are looking for. Love is something that we need to demonstrate. Father, help me to forgive others as you are forgiving me. Help me to forgive others as you are forgiven me. When I was going to get married to my wife, I said to her that uh, I'm going to do a lot of wrong things that you will not be happy about. Let me just set it straight now before we get married so that there's no, you'll say, ah, this guy has changed. No, I didn't change. I warned you before I married you. I'm going to do something. I can't be perfect all the time. So First Peter 4, 8, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. I said in our marriage life, I will do a multitude of wrong things. Let me warn you now. But if our love is strong enough, if we operate in agape strong enough, it will cover it. Some marriages break down. And why they break down? Some other marriages have 10 times that same thing and they don't break down. Why? Agape. 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 Lord, help me. This is not the message I have on this thing. Love is our nature. Hallelujah. God's nature is the nature that we have. A goat does goat. Am I right? A chicken does chicken. A cow does cow. A pear will produce after its kind. It will bring forth pears. An orange will produce after its kind of to bring forth oranges. What do God's children produce? We produce love. God is love. We do what? We do love. Somebody say I do love. I do love. It's our nature. We never act outside our nature. That's the way it's supposed to be. A love tree will produce love fruit. Galatians 5:22 tells us this is the fruit of the spirit. We are operating perfectly when we are functioning in the love of God in John 13, 34 to 35 Jesus said this is a new commandment people will know you because you have love one for another love is an action word here he is saying demonstrate love to one another Jesus demonstrated love to others all the time that was his lifestyle he wasn't caught up in his position when he provided wine for them in Cana of Galilee he was operating in love when he provided things to people, it was love in action. He first said to his mother, it's not my business if they have wine or not. But then he produced wine. That was love in action. When the woman was caught in adultery and Jesus didn't condone her stoning, that was love in action. And I don't know why they never bring men to all these fights, but it's okay. We'll leave them at that. The man with the weeded hand, he was sabbath. He was not meant to do any work, but he asked him to stretch his hand. Judas is carried. How many of you believe that Jesus knew that Judas Iscariot was the bad guy? Let me see your hand. But let me tell you a story. Has it ever crossed your mind? The day the woman with the alabaster box came and broke it and poured the oil on Jesus, and they said, oh, we could have used this for the poor. And Jesus said, no, it's fine. What she's done will be remembered for all of time. The Bible says Judas said this not because he had any care for Jesus, but because he was interested in the money. You know, he uses the money for himself. Now, how many people realize that Jesus knew that Jesus used to take money from there? Because the Bible, it was the disciples that told us that Judas was taking money from the money pot. Am I right? Yeah. Why did Jesus never fire him? Okay, I'll just pack it there and take it home. I don't have time. Just take that home. All right? After losing John, his cousin, the Bible says he was full of compassion and he ministered to people. When Peter lost it, having denied Jesus three times, Jesus restored Peter. Peter back to Christ and back to the Lord. Hallelujah. So we see love demonstrated here in two key ways, in giving and in forgiving. Somebody say giving, giving. forgiving. Galatians 6:10 tells us therefore as we have opportunity Let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. Now, I like all these things people are saying on Facebook. Yeah, the church should be the one impacting the community. Yeah, the church should be the one giving all the poor people money. Yeah, the church should be the one that is changing the government. And that's why we should just get rid of our president. All right, God bless all of them. All right, whatever it is that the church wants to do outside, the Bible says, especially to those of the household of faith. So charity begins at? Somebody say amen to that. All right? And then this is where I will end it. Ephesians 4 31 32 Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Love never fails. If we make it a habit to be hospitable, to give, to forgive, to forgive irrespective of what a person has done to you to forgive you will experience breakthroughs like you've never seen it before nothing will stop your faith from operating if you are operating in the love of God can you bow your head this morning bow your head this morning maybe you are here this morning and you have had some experiences from the past that have so affected you that it now seems like your heart is hard Maybe your heart is suspicious. You're, you have an you know, unloving approach towards others or to people. Maybe you have been hurt in the past and you found it difficult to forgive and let go of that hurt and pain. I want to pray for you this morning very quickly. Just lift up your hands and I'll say a word of prayer for you. Just lift up your hands this morning. You are struggling. I see those hands. Father, I thank you for these hands that are raised. I pray in the name of Jesus that through the power of the Holy Spirit that they will be set free from those hurts and those pains in the name of Jesus. I pray for a supernatural healing of emotional hurts and pains, of mental pains, mental strongholds, that they will be pulled down in the name of Jesus, that the power to forgive will abound more and more, and they will be set free from the memories of the past, the hurts and the pains of the past in the mighty name of Jesus. Everyone that is struggling to forgive, I pray for them. That as Christ in God forgive them, that they too would let go of those people that they're holding on to. The power of the devil or that stronghold over their life is broken. In the mighty name of Jesus. If you are sick in your body, I want you to lift up your hands. If there's a symptom of any sickness or disease in your body. The love of God is here. And it can dispel that sickness and disease. Just lift up your right hand. Let me see you. All right, Father, I see those hands. I pray for everyone who has a symptom of sickness or disease in their body. I declare right now in the name of Jesus, they are healed. From the crown of your head to the sole of your feet, I speak a healing and a cure. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke that spirit of infirmity. Lose them now and let them go. You have been there for this long. Thus far you will go. You will go no further. In the mighty name of Jesus.